Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Why, good happy Friday noon to all of you. This is Kim Leatherdale from Creating Rewarding Relationships. This is the bi-monthly Creating Rewarding Relationships Mastermind call that you've signed on to. I hope that you are in the right place and enjoying yourselves. Um, I will tell you that this morning I am calling you from my car, so you may hear some background noise, which I apologize for. Uh, If you are on the computer, you may chat with each other, but I will not be able to see what you are chatting about because I am on the phone at this point. But I hope you're all having a great Friday. And just to remind you of the setup for these calls, we have Creating Rewarding rewarding Relationships Mastermind Groups the second and fourth Thursday of every month. This uh, week, we're ending up on a Friday because I was actually unable to do yesterday, which I apologize for. Unfortunately, I had a funeral yesterday and a funeral today, and that's why I'm in the call, in the car today with you folks instead of on the computer. Um, But actually being driving so much, I had some good thoughts about today's call, so hopefully that will be helpful for all of you. So we meet the second and fourth Thursday of every month. At noon, via talk shoe, which you can call into via your phone, like I did now, or you can also check in on the computer, which allows you to be involved in a chat in relation to the call, so you can put comments in there or ask questions as the call is going. Usually what I do is during the call time, I uh, spend 20, 25 minutes sharing on a topic, and then we have a Q&A at the end. The calls last about a half an hour. Sometimes a little bit longer if Q&A is longer or if the information is a bit longer. You can also contact me via email at kim at creatingrewardingrelationships.com and ask questions there between calls so that I have them to answer during the call. So if there's something that comes up or you think about it later and you wish to know the answer to it, shoot me an email. I'll either add it to the next call or I'll send you an email answering your question. Additionally, you will be receiving a recording of this call. In fact, that may be how you're listening to it now. I will send you a recording about a week or so after this call so that you get something pretty much every week to be considering. And you can listen to that call and again, ask me questions. Send me an email. Respond to the email where I sent you the uh, link to go to to listen to the call. There is a password for that call recording and that will be included in the email that I sent to you. So I think that's all of the housekeeping I'm hoping at this moment. I'm trying to think if there's anything else, but uh, I'm also trying to pay attention to traffic, so if I'm a little distracted, I do apologize. The so last week, or last call I should say, which was two weeks ago, 
we talked about the concept of self-esteem and the definition of healthy, healthy self-esteem and the definition of a couple forms of unhealthy self-esteem. I'm going to take just a few minutes to review that so that we're all on the same page for today's call. If you have any questions, speak up. It will uh, pop through on my phone, and I will be able to hear you folks asking, um, hopefully, and uh, I can get your questions in. As I said, if you're on the chat, you're, you're going to have to actually uh, use your microphone on your computer to ask questions. So, review from last week, a last phone call on self-esteem. So, self-esteem is that ability to hold yourself in warm, positive regard despite your failings and your successes. And it's appropriate level of warm, positive regard, and that will make sense as we review for a moment here. So that's the ability to be okay with yourself and understand that you make mistakes and understand that you have successes, and none of those things make you better or worse than any other person. And that is at the heart of self-esteem and good self-worth is understanding that you have an integral, central part of yourself that is your self-worth. And that self-worth is neither better than nor less than anybody else's. We're all the same. And as I like to say, we all stand on the ground. Now, there are a few unhealthy forms of self-esteem uh, that we get caught up in, I think, in this society, um, as well as just in, in general, in our personalities. And one is um, getting that self-esteem tied up with things that I refer to as more externals or things that you can change as well. So uh, it doesn't have to do with things that are part of you, like your talents, your skills, your intelligence, maybe your looks, your weight, your um, capabilities, or things like that. Uh, those are all things you can esteem, but they are not self-esteem. It also does not have to do with external esteems, such as uh, material things, like the things you own, the house you live in, the clothes that you have. Um, it doesn't have to do with how much money you make. It doesn't have to do with who likes you, who you're friends with, who you're not friends with, who hates you. Um, it doesn't have to do with the job you have, uh, the job that you can do. Uh, none of those sorts of things, not those externals. It is all internal and it's all a given that every human being has. That was my turn signaled by way, sorry. Um, and it, change, it doesn't change at all. Those other esteems, you can esteem them. You can be proud of your talents and things like that, but it does not make you a better person than someone that does not have those particular talents, your particular looks, your particular skills, your particular friends, any of those sorts of things. So that's just kind of an overview of one unhealthy form. The other two unhealthy forms of self-esteem are what I call one up and one down. So one down is something that most people recognize. That's what they think of as poor self-esteem or low self-esteem is when you don't feel good about yourself, you put yourself down. You, in other words, try to make yourself or view yourself as being less than other people or worth less than other people. Um, and that's called shame. Pia Melody likes to call that shame or refers to that as shame. And shame is very poor self-esteem in that it causes pain and as 
what happens with pain, and since I'm all about relationships here, what happens when you're in pain is you're not very good relationally because you become self-centered. It's a survival technique that takes care of our, our self and our humanity, and it helps us uh, function when we're in pain to try to figure out how to get out of pain. But the problem relationally with self-esteem, if you're in low self-esteem, is you're in pain and you really don't consider other people because you're really all about the pain that you're in that you're trying to get out of. So that's where shame causes problems relationally. And I'll talk a little bit more today about uh, self-esteem and relationships. So that's shame. And how you get out of shame is by reminding yourself that you're enough and you matter. So that's the first part of unhealthy self-esteem. The other unhealthy part of uh, self-esteem is if you go one up or better than other people, and that is, I call it entitlement. Terry Real likes to call it grandiosity. Um, for me, it's entitlement because it's all about you and what you deserve, and you deserve more or better than others because you're somewhere better than others. You view yourself as better than. Now, this is, can be very subtle. It's kind of uh, sneaky in it the way it can occur because instead of being like that, that really big head egotistical person, it could be subtle things. It could be small things like uh, self-righteous indignation, like I would never do something like that. I can't believe that other person did that. Well, that's uh, putting yourself in a better spot than other people. It, entitled behaviors are acting out behaviors where you are doing things because you deserve it or because, you know, I work hard all the time and I deserve to go out um, and, and not come home to watch my kids and help my spouse with the kids or things like that. It, it can be very, very unhealthy. Um, if you want to figure out more about it, you can either go to my blog, which is kimleatherdale.com slash blog, or you can listen to last week's call, which you should actually, or last time's call, which you should actually have on tap in your emails. Or if you've lost that link, please give me an email at kim at, kim at creatingrewardingrelationships.com, and I'll send you information on that. On my blog, you can always just click self-esteem as one of the topics at the bottom of the page, and it will take show you all of the uh, posts that I've done on self-esteem. So that's just to get you up to speed on what we talked about last week. So let's look at this week. This week, that's my car beeping, I apologize. It's going to beep for a moment and it shall stop. But the thing is, is that self-esteem is not just about yourself. It's also about how you relate to other people and impacts your relationships greatly. If you have unhealthy self-esteem, it's going to, of course, it makes sense, negatively impact how you relate to other people. Not only how you relate when you're in a relationship, but how you relate uh, to family, to friends, uh, to significant other, which is, quote, in a relationship. I hope you guys can hear that crow. He's having a ball. Anyway, it, um, it impacts what sort of relationships you have, what sort of relationships you attract or keep in your life as well. So uh, let's Let's kind of take a look at that. Now, earlier in the call, I noted that um, I was doing a lot of driving and that that made me have some thoughts about today's call. And it really made me think about self-esteem, first of all, because for myself, let's say, I have a problem sometimes with keeping myself in that nice centered spot and not going into some self-righteousness or someone up when I'm driving 
because I watch people do something that might be really silly or really what I consider stupid, which is probably not a nice word for me to put on somebody else's behavior, uh, which is a one-up phrase. If I call somebody stupid or say something like that, that's putting myself in a one-up position and judging them. But if I see somebody doing something that I don't agree with on the road and I put myself in a better than position, that is uh, poor self-esteem. And when I'm in that position, and I didn't say this uh, earlier when I was doing a review, but if you're in that one-up position, the way you can come down out of that one-up position is to remember to get humble. And when you're getting humble, what you basically can say to yourself is, you know, in five minutes I could do something just as silly as what I think that person was doing. Or, hey, I've made mistakes before. Or any sort of phrase along those lines. I, I like kind of use these, but for grace, there go I. You know, like I could be there. I could be doing it. Or I could be seen as not a good driver because something I do. So that's kind of an example. So that's kind of, that is how you would be working self-esteem in a relationship. So if you see a friend or a family member or your spouse or someone else a coworker doing something that you're going, oh my God, I can't believe they would do that. I would never do that. That's so dumb or that's so unprofessional or that's so whatever. Rather than sitting in judgment and putting yourself in that one-up position over top of that person, you bring yourself back down. You get humble. You go, wait a minute, let's get equal with this person that I'm looking at. They've made a mistake. They did something. Maybe they didn't realize it. Maybe they did it intentionally. But whatever, for whatever reason that thing was done, that doesn't detract from that person's worth. Nor does it make me better than or worth more than them. Okay? And so, I, like I said, I was driving, and this was coming to mind, and partially this sort of thing was coming to mind not only watching other drivers, but this morning I was on my way to a funeral mass and I was following my husband because the two of us are going separate, we're going separate ways after the funeral mass. So I'm following him and I'm, I'm watching him and I'm sometimes going one up because I'm like, why is he doing that? You know, why is he, why is he going so fast? Or, uh, oh, yeah, well, he just cut me off on another person and now i got to figure out a way to get back behind him again or blah, blah, blah. And anything where I could get upset, one up, feeling better than what's going on for my husband, right, or what he's doing. And what I was doing as I was driving, thinking about this phone call later today and going, well, you know, let's see, what's the healthy self-esteem to do, thing to do, is I was really working hard at remembering that we have different ways of doing things and that that doesn't make one way better than the other. My way isn't better than my husband's way of driving or of leading when somebody's following you. Um, And I was thinking about it because uh, I've often been the one that's been in the leader's position going somewhere and he's following me. Now, when I follow someone, I tend to stay a few car lengths behind them close so that they they know exactly where I am and that if they change lanes, they know exactly where I'm going to be changing, be able to change lanes. You know, if they're going to be making a turn, they know I'm going to see it. My husband actually tends to hang back probably a quarter of a mile when he's following. Um, and I don't know why. I, I've never actually really talked to him about it, but that's his way of doing it. So I realized again this morning as I was driving and following him and thinking about this call today 
that there's no reason for me to go one up and think that I do better or maybe one down. Oh my goodness, I don't maybe I don't do it right. You know, my husband is actually a race car driver. He races in the in the American Endurance Racing Circuit. So in all intent for all intents and purposes, he is probably technically a better driver than I am. I'm sure on the track he's a much better driver than I am. I've slalomed my car, I've done my car on autocross, and I've taken it on the track, but I don't do that regularly. He does. So he's probably a much better driver than I am. So that doesn't mean I need to put myself in a one-down position either. I didn't need to be following him this morning and go, oh, my goodness, I must be doing something wrong. I'm not keeping up to him correctly. or All those sorts of things where I could put myself in that one-down position. So you see how even in the everyday little things that are going on in your relationships, that self-esteem plays a part. Because if I had gotten myself all in a one-up position as we were driving up to the funeral this morning, I could have gotten myself all worked up, gotten really upset. Maybe we got out of the car uh, a little bit before the funeral. I could have said to him, what were you doing? I can't believe you were driving that way. What's wrong with you? You cut me off four different times with different people. I could have just reamed into him about how wrong he was in how he was driving or leading in this case. And it would not have made for a good morning. You know, it would have made an already stressful morning a bit more stressful. And we didn't need to do it. It wasn't a big deal. Once I realized, you know what, we do it differently. He's neither right nor am I. We just do it differently. I will do it. I will continue to do it my way um, in, in this instance as long as it's obviously not causing danger or anything for either one of us. And we shall be fine. It's not a big deal. And that's what keeping yourself in that nice, centered, self-esteem place does for you. If you're going one up, you're likely to jump on somebody about how wrong they are or how messed up they are or how they need to change something or how they're uh, basically not doing it right, right, basically telling them how to do something instead of meeting them at the same level. Now, if I was uncomfortable with the way the way that we're, we were driving or he was leading and, and I felt it was really important to me, then yes, I would speak to him about it. But it, if I'm in that spot of being equal with him, I'm not going to attack him. I'm not going to jump all over him about it. And I see this um, in, it's funny because I don't, I don't talk a lot about politics and this is not a political comment, but I think it is a cultural comment at this time and age right now is that there is a lot of one up and one down going on culturally, which is where a lot of the division that's going on in, uh, I know, American culture, and I actually see it in some of the world uh, policies or world um, cultures that I'm seeing reflected in the news and on social media and all that, is that people are very divisive and very divided because a lot of people are getting into the one up position. They're getting into the my way's right, and this is what's going on. And even some level, there are some portions of entitlement there. I'm right, and therefore I deserve this, that, or the other thing, which is an entitled position. Or uh, I feel that this has been done, so therefore I deserve to do this back or get this in return, which again is an entitled position. Or um, trying to shame other people you know, because they feel different, think differently, 
uh, have a different view on something. So just like the driving this morning between with my husband and I, he does it differently. He views his driving differently than I do maybe. And that doesn't make him right and me wrong or vice versa. And it could make for a very good discussion. Like I said, if, if it was bothering me or it was something that uh, I wanted to see changed or I felt was problematic, then I would bring it up to him. But again, from an equal position from him. Not one up on him, nor in a shame position. Because if you remember two weeks ago when we talked about shame and how shame can impact your relationship, if you're in that shame position and you're feeling pain, you're very self-centered. So thus, you go looking to fix the pain and you ask other people to help you fix the pain and you're not focused on the relationship you have with that other person. So you're only focused on you, you're not fixing the relationship, you're not helping the relationship thrive. And especially if you have done something to damage the relationship and you're in pain because you did it, but you're not actually helping the relationship, you're just trying to deal with your own pain. And that's very, very detrimental because the other person's hurt as well and sitting there going, well, what do you mean? I'm, I, you know, like I, I'm hurt here too and I'm supposed to take care of you now because you did this thing or you know, this thing happened between us and now the focus needs to be on fixing you. It becomes a very, very painful, I want to use that word again, but relationship-threatening experience. And you can see that play out in personal life between you and your spouse, let's say, between you and a parent or a a sibling. Uh, It can also play out when you're at work. And if you, something happened, uh, you did something at work, you got reprimanded for it at work, and you get really self-centered on, oh my gosh, I'm worried about losing my job, and you become very self-centered on your own work, and you no longer are, say, a team player, and you're leaving other people out to dry, hanging other people out to dry that you once were working with and you had formed that sort of, you know, thing with, that sort of partnership with, and now they're kind of hung out. So you you can very much damage relationships when you're in that fearful, and, and shame is a fearful, painful place to be. So just kind of thinking about that now. I do want to also talk about for just a few minutes, maybe four or five minutes, about relationship esteem. Because this is one mistake that I see a lot of people make when they start to learn healthy relationship skills or concepts or theories um, or techniques, whatever you want to think about, is they become very empowered personally. You know, they become strong in their own self-esteem they feel, you know, better about themselves, let's say. They, they pull themselves out of that shame position. But what they actually do is they may pull themselves out of the shame position and bounce almost up into the entitled position. Because what happens is, is they move from the, you know, I'm hurt and I'm in this hurt position to now I'm powerful and strong. And please excuse this phrase, but it's the F you. It's when they say, F you, go away. You know, this is how I am. Deal with me how I am. You, you have to put up with this, whatever. No, that's an entitled position. That is not relational. That is, not the op- that is the opposite, I guess, of being in shame, but it's still no longer healthy. It's not the centered spot. So when you pull yourself up out of shame or bring yourself down out of entitlement, 
and land on the ground equal with other people, you're not going to tell someone, F off. You're going to say, here's what I need and here's what I want, and I'm willing to work at getting it along with you, and I want your help for it, and I would like to work on what it is that you need or want as well. It's an equal position. Terry Real likes to say uh, that it used to be, and, and he talks a lot about uh, feminine disempowerment to feminine empowerment and patriarchy and things like that. But he likes to put it uh, in that you know women used to used to um, stuff it and used to eat it, and they they have this kind of like I was weak idea, you know, in a way, and then it's weak, now I'm strong. And they say, I was weak, now I'm strong, so, you know, shove off to their partner or to other people, because now I'm a strong, empowered woman. And he says, I want women and men to learn to go, I was weak, now I'm strong in myself, and I will stand toe-to-toe with you, or side-by-side with you, to work on the things that I need to work on and help you work on the things that you need to work on so that we can relate in a more healthy manner. I said that in a little longer way than he does. He tends to be a bit blunt about it. Uh, But it is that idea of we're not taking our self-esteem or our self-empowerment and having it take the place of relationship empowerment. Because if you think about that definition of self-esteem that I said at the very beginning, and you apply it to your relationship. So we have self-esteem as the ability to hold yourself in warm, appropriately warm, positive regard, despite your successes and your failings. And you put the word relationship esteem in there. And relationship esteem is the ability to hold your relationship in appropriately warm, positive regard, despite your problems and your positives. But knowing that your relationship deserves as much to be loved and esteemed as you yourself do and as your partner does. That's really important. It's understanding that both you, your partner, and your relationship, all three, I shouldn't say both, but all three of you deserve to be esteemed and deserve to be held appropriately, understanding that there's problems and mistakes as well as successes and positives. I like to say that every person and every relationship has its warts and beauty marks. And if we can realize that and be okay with that and not be one up because oh, I've got such a great relationship. It's so much better than everybody else. And, and, and like have the blinders on where you can't realize the things that maybe you need to work on. Or be in that shame position about how terrible and awful and, and, and torn and, and everything your relationship is and not be able to pull up on the positives and not be able to pull yourself into that nice even space to go, you know what, yeah, there's problems in my relationship. I can work on that. And I can draw upon the positives that are in my relationship or within myself in order to work on that. And I can have good self-esteem in order to stand up along with my partner and say, I need to work on this. And it's funny because, you know, I say my relationship, but this is every relationship you have, folks. I was just speaking the other day to someone whom I helped. I actually was a supervisor for her while she was going through her master's 
program. And uh, we talked a lot about where she was interning and some different you know, issues where she was interning and how to keep herself on the level playing field in, her, in and of herself so that she kept approaching her coworkers and her peers and her boss and the patients in a centered way, even if other people and I'm talking about her coworkers, were not in that center place. They might be in that entitled position or they might be in that shame position, which is a shame, no pun intended. Uh, and she, she called me, we were talking the other day, it's been uh, uh, six months or more since I was supervising her, and she was talking about some of the changes that are happening at work and some that aren't, and just how this has helped her to stay in that position and not get sucked into everything. Because if you're in good self-esteem, you don't get sucked into all the stuff either. You don't get sucked into all the gossip. You don't get sucked into all the us and them stuff because you realize that everybody is equal. And there is, it's not us and them. It's all us. Everything is us. Everybody is us. And it's just the same in a, in, a, in a significant other relationship or with your parents or with your, with your children or with your siblings or with your friends or anything like that. So that's, that's a bit how self-esteem plays out in relationships. It's the ability to not go one up on people and, and be able to keep yourself equal and understand that we're all good. You know, we, we all have our stuff. And it's, it's to be able to not go down into shame and into that pain where you become self-centered. You know, entitlement is self-centered because it's all about me and I deserve. And shame is all about me because it's painful and uh, I want to get better. I want the pain to go away. So we are able, if we stand in the middle, to be relational and then also to hold our relationship in good relational esteem, to be able to understand that it has its positives and its negatives, but that does not make it better or worse than anything or anybody else. It just It is what it is. Now, I do wish to put the caveat in there that there are some things in relationships that are not healthy, that are, it's not about putting the other person down or yourself down, but if you are in a relationship that is violent, that has domestic violence in it, that has verbal abuse in it, that has sexual abuse, has physical abuse in it, uh, where you are in danger, where uh, there are things going on that you just cannot be around or you and your children cannot be around, uh, whether you're the male or female in that situation, those are not relationships that you need to stay in. Just because you realize relationship has problems and pluses does not mean you have to stay in a relationship that is dangerous or very unhealthy for you or things like that. So I'm not advocating in any way, shape, or form to stay in something that is dangerous or very un or unhealthy for you. Uh, I am just saying that on the normal average spectrum of relationships, that they have their positives and negatives. And we, we need to respect that and understand that. So uh, I want to wrap with any questions anybody has. I don't know if anybody wants to pop in on the concept of self-esteem. As I said, I'm not in front of my computer, so I don't know if there's anybody putting anything in the chat box. Um, if you are listening to this and you have questions and you're unable to get in to ask, feel free to send them to me via email. Kim at creatingrewardingrelationships.com. You should have that email to just reply to. And um, 
I'm actually going to wrap up. I don't want to take any more of your Friday. I promised it was only going to be a half an hour, and I don't want you to be square if you have to leave. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Don't forget, you can send me emails. I will be calling uh, doing next month. We'll be doing second and fourth Thursday of November. No, October, excuse me. I'm already a month ahead of October, and I don't have the dates in front of me at this moment, uh, but I will be sending out reminders via email. If you know someone who would like to be a part of these calls or would like to receive these recordings, please have them contact me at that email address and I will get them the correct uh, links to sign up for my newsletter and for this mastermind group. And um, I hopefully they will get a lot out of it. So have a fantastic, fantastic weekend. And I will be speaking with you in about two weeks.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.